Dear Father in heaven, praise, glory, adoration be unto your name. We thank you, Lord, for always being there for us and giving us this opportunity for us to fellowship with you. Dear Lord in heaven, we pray that these hours spent with you shall be one of upliftment, edification, blessing, and also that it shall be a time for us to be transformed into the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To this end, Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit upon all of us. Help us, Lord, to understand and to assimilate your words properly and give us power to put into practice all that we will hear. Put your words in my mouth that bread of life may be spoken to your children and we all may eat and be strengthened. Feel our souls, Lord, for we hunger and thirst after righteousness. Do this and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and courage, May 18. No generation gap. And the child, Samuel, ministered unto the Lord before Eli. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 Young as he was, when brought to minister in the tabernacle, Samuel had even then duties to perform in the service of God, according to his capacity. These were at first very humble and not always pleasant, but they were performed to the best of his ability and with a willing heart. If children were taught to regard the humble round of everyday duties as the course marked out for them by the Lord, as a school in which they were to be trained to render faithful and efficient service, how much more pleasant and honorable would their work appear? To perform every duty as unto the Lord throws a charm around the humblest employment and links the workers on earth with the holy beings who do God's will in heaven. The life of Samuel from early childhood had been a life of piety and devotion. He had been placed under the care of Eli in his youth, and the loveliness of his character drew forth the warm affection of the aged priest. He was kind, generous, diligent, obedient, and respectful. The contrast between the course of the youth, Samuel, and that of the priest's own sons was very marked, and Eli found rest and comfort and blessing in the presence of his charge. It was a singular thing that between Eli, the chief magistrate of the nation, and the simple child, so warm of friendship should exist. Samuel was helpful and affectionate, and no father ever loved his child more tenderly than did Eli this youth. As the infirmities of age came upon Eli, he felt more keenly the disheartening, reckless, profligate course of his own sons, and he turned to Samuel for comfort and support. How touching to see youth and old age relying one upon the other. 
the youth looking up to the aged for counsel and wisdom, the aged looking to the youth for help and sympathy. This is as it should be. God would have the young possess such qualifications of character that they shall find delight in the friendship of the old, that they may be united in the endearing bonds of affection to those who are approaching the borders of the grave. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is No Generation Gap. And it's talking about the relationship between Samuel and Eli, the high priest. And here, of course, the lesson is not just to know the story, but to apply it in various ramifications, as workers to their employers and also as children to the aged. Samuel, as we know, was dropped by his mother, Hannah, sacrificed to the Lord, giving over to him completely, 100%, nothing left behind. All of him was to be given to the Lord, and so he was placed before the high priest Eli to serve the Lord all the days of his life. As, as his mother said, Hannah, that he would serve the Lord forever and ever. And he was fulfilling something that he didn't choose for himself. His mother chose that for him. But Samuel submitted to the will of his mother, Samuel had a will of his own. He could have said to himself, I don't like this choice my mother made for me. I want to go out there and do something for myself. But he, as he grew, knowing what his mom had decided for him, also keyed into the vision, seeing the blessing and privilege that was his to work under the high priest. But the children of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, did not see this as a privilege. To them, the office was not something to covet but was something to and they used the office to go to their own ends and for self-gratification to do the things they wanted they used that office to steal they used it to fornicate and they used it to judge unrighteously but not so with samuel and the lord blessed the life of eli with this young boy samuel samuel came to the house of eli to the high uh, to stay with this high priest at a very young age but as we look at what the Lord was doing with Samuel, you realize that he was growing and growing and he was being compared to um, Eli's children. It's not without reason that three times there is a record of Samuel's conduct and relationship with Eli. God wants us in these few words to learn the lesson taught in the fifth commandment that says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long. A contrast was made between the sons of Eli and Samuel when we read the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. It says, Wherefore, the sin of the young men, that's Hophni and Phinehas, was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a linen effort. So in this, these words, the first time the Lord presents Hophni and Phinehas and the evil that they were doing, a comparison is made between them and Samuel. At this time, we are seeing instead of being like Hophni and Phinehas, whose sin was very great before the eyes of God, God then compares Samuel and says, Samuel, but he, Samuel, ministered before the Lord, being a child. At this place, he's called a child, girded with an effort. Then going on to verse 23, this is where um, 
Eli now reproves Hophni and Phinehas, corrects them and rebukes them. Reading from verse 23 down to 26, it says, And he said unto them, Why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil tidings by all these people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father because the Lord would slay him. Now look at the next verse 26. It says, And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. This is the second time now. First time, it says, after Hopini and Phinehas were declared that their sins were great before God, the Bible says Samuel ministered. Secondly, after Eli corrects his children, the Bible still says again, Samuel grew on. So he's getting older in the house of God in age and also in his character he's completely different then again the bible says in first samuel chapter 3 this is the third time now chapter 3 verse 1 it says and the child samuel ministered unto the lord before eli and the word of the lord was precious in those days there was no open vision and it came to pass at that time when eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim, that he could not see and ere the lamp of god went out in the temple of the lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep that the Lord called Samuel and he answered here am I and he ran unto Eli and said here am I for thou callest me and he said I called not lie down again and he went and lay down the lesson we learned from these three passages I have read and singled out is that the Lord was making a comparison between the life of Samuel and Hophni and Phinehas and secondly God was showing us how Samuel was advancing in his age and his work was increasing. Here in the book of 1 Samuel 3, Samuel is now responsible for certain things. Eli's eyes are dim. He cannot see. It is Samuel who is the one going to the uh, golden candlestick, taking care of the light there. He is the one that is taking care of the altar of incense. His responsibilities has increased compared to when he was a child and his character remains the same. So much so now, now that now he is a youth at this time and the Lord appears to him to speak to him and give him a message for the Lord but you remember that in 1st Samuel 2 verse 26 it says this the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men that means people knew who Samuel was and they could credit him and say this boy is a different boy he's not like Hophni and Phinehas they could see that this young boy is so dedicated to the work of God and has a character of integrity simplicity and righteousness they knew that about Samuel from his young tender age he was known to be a righteous boy and he grew up into a righteous man but what's more intriguing about this is when you consider that there was in those days and there has ever been the time of youthful exuberance when someone gets to the age of youth they are difficult to contain youth is a time when people want to explore it's a time when people want to go and try out things they want to go into adventures they do not want to be held back and you can see that in the life of Hophni and Phinehas the choice that Samuel made to remain in the temple of the Lord serving was not a popular choice all we have been learning so far you can see that look at for example Samson as Samson came into his youth he started to explore and go from place to place making bad friends and then you want to explore having girlfriend and then going into relationships and adventures and the hormones are getting all high and at that time it's a very 
sensitive time for the youth. But what was Samuel doing? Samuel was not going into that kind of lifestyle and people could identify him and say, this child is different. Also today we see when people come into the age of youth, that's when they are, they are crazed with money making. Look at what's happening today. That's what is going on. Who are the ones involved in internet fraud, stealing money from people? And those, even when people are not stealing, you see them that they are restless. They want to have money. They want to make it quick. They want to be rich. That's how people were in Samuel's time. And that's how the youth are today. But how was Samuel? Samuel lived a simple life, living in the temple. While other youths were going out to chase the things of this world, while other youths were going out, for money grabbing they were in covetousness samuel was content to remain in the house of the lord and do the work of the lord and serve an old man there are many youths who at this time will feel i have a future i have a destiny i need to leave man there's no way i can stay here you are old how long will i continue to serve you while my own life will be dwindling there's nothing for me to do i need to go and start doing something for myself but samuel was not like this he was content to realize that this old man needs my help this old man needs someone to comfort him look at his children if i leave what will his children do to him he will just be disheartened heartbroken and then he will most likely even die samuel chose to sacrifice a future so-called of chasing after the things of this world before him was the world at his feet but samuel decided to remain in obscurity just remaining with this old man taking care of him ministering to him serving him like we read in our devotion it said there that the work that samuel was doing was not work that anyone should uh, would want to Uh, admire it was not something that people would love to do it wasn't something that people would have pride in doing it was something that was not pleasant it says these were at first very humble and not always pleasant but they were performed to the best of his ability and with a willing heart this was what Samuel was doing and he found he didn't see the work as something to degrade him and this is what we should teach children and youth of today Work shouldn't be looked at as punishment. Taking care of the old and aged, serving parents shouldn't be looked at as something that is a drudgery or something that is to be frowned upon or looked at as an unpleasant duty. We should find dignity in serving the old, serving our parents. Yes, it is a great sacrifice, yes, but the youth should understand that the Lord will bless those who do such a work. This was a training for Samuel. There are people today, you look at, not apart from taking care of the old, then there's the one of taking care of children. These works are looked at as things that are denying me my eternal destiny or my earthly destiny, I would say. People look at it as, what am I going to do? What future can I have from taking care of the old or taking care of children? that is not mine but then when you realize that this work is a work that must be done and it is being a blessing to those who are receiving your services we are to think of it and say let me sacrifice my own will let me sacrifice my own destiny or future so-called because it's not a destiny just but the way people look at it that's what they call it and give myself to the service of those who need my help Today, noble laureates are given to people for 
making sacrifices to help this nation and that nation and the poor and all of that but even those who do it have the intention of receiving honor from men but now we are talking about doing this work and you will not receive any noble laureate you are not going to receive any help Samuel was supposed to receive a noble laureate for this work but the world of course wouldn't do that they won't give you a noble laureate for just for taking care of the old but God people God, God will reward people for it we are looking at the fifth commandment as we understand the relationship between Samuel and Eli. We also see that here Samuel was keeping the fifth commandment where we are told, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs 14 verse 35, The king's favor is towards a wise servant, but his wrath is against him that causes shame. Proverbs 17 verse 2 says, A wise servant shall have rule over a son that causes shame, and shall have part of the inheritance among the brethren. And then in Proverbs 29 verse 21, we are told, He that delicately bringeth up his servant from a child shall have him become his son at the length. Amen. And you can understand for obvious reasons why I have gone through these passages. In Proverbs 17 verse 2, we see there that this wise servant Samuel eventually was the one who ruled over Hophni and Phinehas and he had a part in the inheritance. In fact, Hophni and Phinehas were supposed to be the next judges but it was Samuel who did it. Why? Because he was a wise servant. Also in Proverbs 29 verse 21, you see there that when you take care of his servants very well, just as Eli did for Samuel, that servant will be your own child in the future. Do not look down on your servants. Eli did well to Samuel and brought him up like his own son. And Samuel also returned the favor and took care of Eli like his own father. We don't hear of Samuel taking care of his father Elkanah, but we hear of him delicately, diligently taking care of Eli, the high priest who brought him up. It is important to have these lessons in mind. But then, let us go further and look into the commandment, the fifth commandment that says, Honor your father and your mother, that their days may be long. Because that's another thing that is brought to our minds as we go through this experience of Eli and Samuel. What does that commandment mean, honor your father and your mother? In this commandment is a commandment of relations that's enjoined about the mutual duties of inferiors to superiors. It is not just about father and mother, but the Lord is telling us the relationship that should exist between inferiors and superiors, duties of superiors to inferiors and duties of inferiors to their superiors. From children to parents, it is required that they fear their parents. When we look at the book of Leviticus 19 verse 3, it says, You shall fear every man his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Also, we are told to reverence them. We see that when we look at the book of Genesis chapter 31 verse 35, there we are told, And she said to her father, that was Rachel now, let it not displease my lord that i cannot rise up before thee for the custom of women is upon me and he searched but found not the images this was rachel and uh, her father laban the way she talked to him you can see the reverence there and then there's the clear one we know ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 and 2 which talks about obedience children obey your parents in the lord also in the book of first timothy chapter 5 verse 4 there we see another way that we are to keep this commandment of honoring father and mother. It says, But if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite their 
appearance for that is good and acceptable before God what does this mean that he says in another version if a widow has children or grandchildren they should learn first to carry out their religious duties towards their own family and in this way repay their parents and grandparents because that is what pleases God amen so honor your father and your mother means these things that we maintain that is what we are looking at here the fourth one so we have looked at fear reverence obedience and maintenance this is what we are to do this is what this command is saying to us not just parents but also grandparents and then the contrary things are also excluded in this commandment we are forbidden to curse parents we are forbidden to insult them we are forbidden not to take that we to avoid taking care of them we are forbidden to do these things it concerns not only natural parents like we have said but it also extends to superiors it extends to people of position in the world the magistrates in the states in romans 13 verse 1 we are told that we should respect them that they were put there by god and also in hebrews 13 verse 17 we are told to honor those who are put in position of rulership and leadership also your guardians that 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 take care of you you are supposed to respect them just as we saw between eli and samuel but then there's still the reciprocal duties between employers and their employees superiors and their inferiors kings and their subordinates rulers and their followers they are also told in this commandment that there's a relationship that they are to do their work faithfully magistrates they are to do their work faithfully ministers masters parents natural parents and also guardians they are also to do their work faithfully and what is their work in ephesians 6 verse 4 we read parents do not treat your children in such a way as to make them angry instead raise them with christian discipline and instruction king james version says provoke not your children to wrath that's what parents are to do with their children and for magistrates they are told to rule faithfully in the book of psalms chapter 78 reading from verse 70 and 71 we are told he chose david also his servant and took him from the sheepfolds from following the ewes great with young he brought him to feed jacob his people and israel his inheritance so he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hand so david did his work feeding the flock guiding them this is what ministers are to do this is what kings are to do magistrates are to do this to feed the people not to take from them it is properly the case that there is so much corruption among leaders. A leader is not to do that. Their own duty as a superior is to look into the well-being and welfare of their people, those who are under them. In the book of First Peter chapter 5, verse 2, Peter also gives this counsel. But this one is directly to people who are religious leaders. In First Timothy, First Peter 5, verse 2, he says, or let me start from verse 1, he says, The elders which are among you are exhort, whom am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed feed the flock of god which is among you taking the oversight thereof not by constraint but willingly not for filthy lucre but of a ready mind neither be neither as being lords over god's heritage but being examples to the flock 
Amen. So here we are seeing the manner of leadership of parents, of rulers, whether politicians or magistrates and uh, kings, and also of ministers. And then there's the mutual duty of husbands to wives, where in the book of First Peter chapter 3, verse 1, it says there that wives be in subjection unto your husbands, that if any obey not the word of God, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. And also in verse 7, we are, it says, Likewise ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto your wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So here are just a list of passages that we can expand. I may not expand all of it today, but you can see in these words the relationship that is enjoined in the fifth commandment that says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long. So for the children to the parents, they are, you are told, Obey your parents. Come when they call you. Go where they send you. Do what they bid you. Do not what they forbid you. And then do everything cheerfully and from a principle of love even when we have refused to say oh, I will, to do what they tell us to do later you repent and say no i will do it submit to their correction and their rebukes do not get offended submit to the instructions and corrections not only to the good parents and the gentle ones but also to the forward parents this is what we are told also we are told to give listen to their advice and their direction and not alienating their property but take it with a, only when they give it to you but remember that even in taking correction and reproof from them it must be when only it is in harmony with the word of god proverbs 23 verse 22 tells us hearken unto thy father that begets thee and despise not thy mother when she is old i want to read some things now from the spirit of prophecy that will explain this even better reading from adventist home page 360 paragraph 5 asking the question now i want to answer reading this i want to answer the question when should this respect between parents and children stop i mean the child is there any time that maybe the child has the parent has done something that finally that's the last straw for the child because there are things that parents do that are actually terrible and wicked is there a time when this respect before the parent should stop from the child i read now it says after children grow to years of maturity, some of them think that their duty is done in providing an abode for their parents. While giving them food and shelter, they give them no love or sympathy. In their parents' old age, when they long for expression of affection and sympathy, children heartlessly deprive them of their attention. There is no time when children should withhold respect and love from their father and mother. While the parents leave, it should be the children's joy to honor and respect them. They should bring all the cheerfulness and sunshine into the life of the aged parents that they possibly can. They should smooth their pathway to the grave. There is no better recommendation in this world than that a child has honored his parents. No better record in the books of heaven than that he has loved and honored father and mother. End of quote. And here we are told, respect and love should continue. It doesn't just stop at giving them money. It doesn't just stop at giving them things to take care of themselves. But then there must be that sympathy expressed. There must be that love and affection that is expressed from child to parent. How is this done? It doesn't necessarily mean that all the time the parent is to live with the child. No. Today, let us look at it in modern times. Keeping up with them, phone calls, 
um, words of encouragement, words of counsel, words of sympathy, showing that you care, not just in sending of money, but also in the manner in which you um, at least consider the things that they are passing through and you are there to speak words to assist and to help when i look at the life of people like moses who was not even there with his parents and many others today many move away from their parents and they're not even there to take care of them but the love is still in the heart and many when they have the opportunity they show the love towards them this does not mean now that um all the time that they must have them around them but even that we'll look at that very soon in the book of proverbs 30 verse 17 it says the eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother the ravens of the valley shall pick it out and the young eagles shall eat it so this is telling us something that will happen to those who disobey this commandment that says honor your father and your mother that your days may be long and i want to explain what does it mean to honor father and mother the best way to honor father and mother is in obedience to God. If you allow your parents to, al- to make you disobey God, you are dishonoring them before God. God is the one that gave the command. It is not parents that gave the command. We are all obedient to God. So this command is not to be interpreted by the parents. It is to be interpreted by God. How do you honor your father and mother? The person who told you to do it is the person you are to look at. God is the one who said, honor father and mother. So it is before his eyes that father and mother is honored. You dishonor father and mother when you go about fornicating and bringing to them shame and bringing God, bringing to God shame. You also dishonor father and mother when you neglect to do anything at all the word of God has enjoyed. It doesn't matter whether your parents are offended. They may be offended. But before God, you are honoring them in heaven. You are honoring them before the angels. You are honoring them before God. They may not like you for the decisions you make when you are doing the right thing. They may not be happy with you. But in heaven, you are honoring them by doing what is right. And not only that, before the world, people will say, Who is your father? Who is your mother? And they will bless your parents. Though your parents may reject you, Though your parents may not be happy with you but when you are living a righteous life a godly life wherever you go people would say who gave birth to you and they would say bless the one who gave birth to you bless your father bless your mother for the things that i see you do you may be an evangelist a minister or wherever you are doing good work for people people will look at you and say you were brought up well even though your parents may not even have a hand in it even though your parents may even be offended with you by the decisions you made yet they will keep on blessing your parents you are honoring your father and your mother the whole world is blessing your father and your mother even heaven is blessing your father and your mother because of the decisions you made and even if your parents are clashing with you because you are obeying god you are honoring them nevertheless and now the other thing we talk about how is it then are we to be offended with parents who offend us And how do we relate with parents who have been terribly wicked to the core? How do we do that? I'll read now from Adventist homepage 360 paragraph 1. It says, Honor thy father and thy mother. The obligation resting upon children to honor their parents is of lifelong duration. If the parents are feeble and old, the affection and attention of the children should be bestowed in proportion to the need of father and mother. Nobly, decidedly, the children should shape their course of action, even if it requires self-denial, so that every thought of anxiety and perplexity may be removed from the minds of the parents. Is it possible 
that children can become so dead to the claims of father and mother that they will not willingly remove all causes of sorrow in their power, watching over them with unwearying care and devotion? Can it be possible that they will not regard it a pleasure to make the last days of their parents their best days? How can a son or daughter be willing to leave father and mother on the hands of strangers for them to care for? Even where the mother and unbeliever and disagreeable, it will not release the child from the obligation that God has placed upon him to care for his parents. The matter of caring for our aged brethren and sisters who have no homes is constantly being urged. What can be done for them? The light which the Lord has given me has been repeated. It is not best to establish institutions for the care of the aged, that they may be in a company together, nor should they be sent away from home to receive care. Let the members of every family minister to their own relatives. When this is not possible, the work belongs to the church and it should be accepted both as a duty and as a privilege. All who have Christ's spirit will regard the feeble and aged with special respect and tenderness. Amen. So simply put, it is the duty of children to take care of their parents till they are old and not to put them in old people's homes and institutions. They are too when as they see that with respect to whatever needs are coming as age is coming upon the parents, supply the need. As it gets older and older and you see that okay, the needs are increasing, keep supplying it till they are finally reaching to they finally reach the end of their life on this earth. We are not to take them to old people's homes. Neither are we to say that, oh my parents were so wicked that I do not want to have anything to do with them and I will not take care of them. No regardless of how bad the parent has been it does not release the child from the obligation towards them it is true that some parents are hardly deserving of honor and and, and, and maintenance because of their parental neglect there are many children who can say to themselves that their biological parents did not take care of them and they neglected them and dumped them or something but even in this case we are still to honor father and mother children are not justified in cursing their parents just because you think they were wicked or being wicked to the parents how does god view this neglect of parents by their children or this cursing of children uh children cursing their parents leviticus 20 verse 9 says for everyone that curses his father or his mother shall be surely put to death he had cursed his father or his mother his blood shall be upon him and proverbs 20 verse 20 says whoso cursed his father or his mother his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness and proverbs 30 verse 11 says there is a generation that cursed their father and does not bless their mother so we have to show no retaliation um adventist tone page 362 paragraph 1 says said one of her mother i always hated my mother and my mother hated me these words stand registered in the books of heaven to be opened and revealed in the day of judgment when everyone shall be rewarded according to his works. If children think that they were treated with severity in their childhood, will it help them to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Christ? Will it make them reflect his image to cherish a spirit of retaliation and revenge against their parents, especially when they are old and feeble? Will not the very helplessness of the parents plead for the children's love? Will not the necessities of the aged father and mother call forth the noble feelings of the heart? And through the grace of Christ, shall not the parents be treated with kind attention and respect by their offspring? Oh, 
let not the heart be made as adamant as steel against father and mother. How can a daughter professing the name of Christ cherish hatred against her mother, especially if that mother is sick and old? Let kindness and love, the sweetest fruits of Christian life, find a place in the heart of children towards their parents. Especially dreadful is the thought of a child turning in hatred upon a mother who has become old and feeble, upon whom has come those infirmities of disposition attendant upon second childhood. How patiently, how tenderly should children bear with such a mother. Tender words which will not irritate the spirit should be spoken. A true Christian will never be unkind, never under any circumstances be neglectful of his father or mother, but will heed the command, Honor thy father and the mother. God has said, Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man. Children, let your parents, infirm and unable to care for themselves, find their last days filled with contentment, peace and love. For Christ's sake, let them go down to the grave receiving from you only words of kindness, love, mercy and forgiveness. Yes, forgiveness. You desire the Lord to love and pity and forgive you and to make all your bed in your sickness. And will you not treat others as you would wish to be treated yourself? End of quote. So it is true that parents can actually, in a very harsh, cruel and terrible manner, offend their children and even not even request for forgiveness or not even say that they are sorry. Should we, because of that, neglect them? No. Children are not released from the obligation to take care of their parents any more than parents also are not released from the obligation to take care of their children. Children now are the focus for today, not parents, but I'll still talk of parents in a bit. Children, regardless, we, whoever it is, and when we say children, it doesn't mean little children, of course. Whoever has a parent, even grandparents, it is our duty. Regardless of whatever the parent has done, there, I know there are many things parents have done to their children that sometimes if you, if you think about it, you mean they, they might be un, unforgivable but then when you remember that the lord has forgiven you and you also want forgiveness from him you forgive your parents and do your duty the bible says your days will be long honor your father and your mother that's what we are told but on the other hand parents children do not ask to be born of your own will you brought them into the world it is your duty to take care of them not in the mindset of i hope they are going to take care of me when i'm older no it is your duty, even if they are, whether they are going to take care of you or not, it is your duty because you brought them into this world. It is a sacrificial work, not a work that you do expecting that I will get something in return in the future. No, it is a sacrificial work. And there are parents who brought children into this world just to be employees to them. They have a big farm and they want their children to work on that farm. So somehow the child is just like an employee. They are taking care of them, giving them food, clothing, shelter, in exchange that the child will work in the farm for them. In exchange that the child will in the future be something that will help them in the future. Well, it's good that a man should eat from his labor. But I'm also saying, remember that the child did not ask to be born. Therefore, do the work in a, in a work in a mindset of sacrifice. Do good, not expecting anything in return. But the child also, whether the parent took care of you or not in the way you wanted, whether there were things that they did to you that was wicked, and I've seen parents do cruel, wicked, terrible things to their children, violent stuff here, and I cannot list all of them because they are just so, so, so terrible and violent. Yet, the child should know. Nevertheless, do what you are supposed to do. Honor father and mother. 
these are things that have to do with interrelationships today and i pray that the lord will give us the grace to do what we need to do you may be saying to yourself my parent did evil to me calm down honor your father and your mother go and amend your relationship show them the affection show them the sympathy and as much as possible take care of them i know that these things are very straining and difficult but pray to the lord and the lord will help you that doesn't mean that you go into evil that doesn't mean that you do things i mean like for example maybe apologizing for something you didn't do no that doesn't mean you go and apologize when you know you didn't do wrong but it simply means regardless of whatever situation is there that is straining between your between you and your parents or between uh, your child and yourself let there be peace forgive let go don't dwell on difficulties don't dwell on the areas where you know that you will have uh, disagreements but do what you need to do in maintaining them in taking care of them in showing them love and sympathy and tender care life is too short for us to be having troubles with each other may the lord bless each and every one of us amend your relationships and get together once again let there be compassion and sympathy in the home and the lord will bless us all let us pray dear father in heaven thank you lord for the blessings you've given to us in these words we have heard we ask lord that it shall work a transformation in our lives lord lord please heal broken broken relationships and help also that uh, that the youths wherever they are can be like samuel not just the youths even the adults that we can be like samuel who will submit to the will of god and who can do those disagreeable duties which are not necessarily pleasant sacrificing our own desires so that we can help the aged and help the helpless even little children thank you lord for hearing us your prayers in jesus name of prayer amen